0: The Off The Ball Podcast Network.
1: So hello and welcome. I'm Cliona Foley and this is Off The Bench. A women's sport podcast uh, that we hope will entertain and educate people of all genders and ages. Uh, you can find all our previous episodes on iTunes, or on the podcast series link in offtheball.com. Off the ball actually have a new app, so if you go into the app, you'll see their series link there, and we're in it. Off the benches there, and you can find our previous episodes. During lockdown, um, we've had no live sport, unfortunately, but we've managed to keep things going, and because there's so much still always to talk about, and during lockdown, we've covered everything. We've had a golfer, we've had a we've had an international soccer player we've had a rally driver we've had players representations we've had a basketball player um and we've even had somebody on writing about rifle rights sports books for little girls so it's been very eclectic so you can't say off the bench isn't eclectic um and this week we're delighted. Live sport is about to come back on a national level for women. And the first thing back in is uh, the FAI National Women's Soccer League. It's just about to start this weekend, the first weekend. And um, the woman we're talking to today is making, she's part of a very special history uh, in the new uh, Women's 2020 WNL. And that is Paula Dorn. Welcome to Off the Bench, Paula.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
1: Paula, tell us why are you part of history uh, with that Lone Town?
0: Um, well, of course, at Lone it's uh, the first ladies team, and they are one of the oldest clubs in Ireland. Uh, they've been around League of Ireland for oh, I do years now, and um, yeah, it's just the first ladies team and enter the national league. Yeah, into the yeah. national league, so. You're one, of,
1: you're one of two, technically two new teams in the Women's National League this year, yourselves and Bohemians. Two clubs, as I say, on the men's side who have this huge history, but have never had a, a team in the Women's National League. So that's exciting for a start.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting. I mean, we can try to make our own mark now as a women's team and make a, make a good statement in the National League, hopefully.
1: And how did that, how does it come about that a town or a club um, gets a team together? How is that happening? Was it because they entered in an underage league and they got women together or have they pulled players from all over the country to do this?
0: Yeah, um, they've had a really good underage level, like good success in the underage level with girls in that loan and in the midlands in general. So I think it was kind of something that was coming in the years gone by and the club and the community have really pushed for it this year just probably seeing the talent that has come up through that area so I think it was definitely a few years in the making and finally they pushed for it this year
1: there are only as I read it there are only 17 players who played in the inaugural National Women's Soccer League 10 years ago and you
0: were one of them (laughs) yeah I am makes me feel a little old or old for this (laughs) league I guess (laughs) Um, yeah, I started off with Shamrock Rovers, um, 2011. I'm pretty sure it was, and I was there till 2013. Then, so yeah, it was. A, it's a lot different nowadays to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a,
1: experience is always how you should see it. You're, you're the one. You're the one who has yeah, all the go. experience
0: on them. So <laughs> tell
1: us, um, you played for two two seasons in the National League, Women's National League, when it started up. This the
0: latest, I suppose, iteration of it. Um, and then, where did you disappear to? Uh, but then I flew off over to the States um, for college, so I went and done four years of college while playing on a scholarship in King University in Tennessee, so did, just disappeared that for a little about? while. Um, well, I was in a course in Clashita in Finglas, and it was aiming to get you, like, you go over and you can play in a tournament in uh, Tennessee as well, and they help you study for your SATs and you train every day and it just kind of geared you up for what the American college lifestyle would be like so I was in that course for the year but actually how it came about for me um, I was getting driving lessons around that time and just my driving instructor asked me what I wanted to do and I said what I wanted to do and he said I've got a really good friend like my coach was Irish in in America and uh he said, my really good friend moved over there years ago. He's coaching in King University, and it just went from there. He gave me his contact uh, email address, and yeah, the rest just happened. And <laughs> so it was a bit the d- of a fluke for me. Was that the dream for you, though? Had
1: you always had it in your head, I want to go on soccer scholarship to America, and why?
0: Um, yeah, when I started, I started to see girls around me, like when I was playing up a few years, let's say, um, like around 15, 16, I started to see it started to become a trend of girls, like a few girls I just knew uh, going off to America and it made me really start looking into it. And it, it just, yeah, for years before, the last couple of years of school, secondary school, then it was just all I wanted. And I just kept trying to find a way to do it. And I think it was just the, like the thoughts of playing in it, like moving away from home and playing in a, a place like they do, They take it a, like it's really big over there like it's the college football so um yeah it just became a really big dream of mine and just chasing. it and then there. how did you achieve it how, what are explain to people what
1: how you get into a college in america
0: um it's it is kind of hard uh, it's a bit of an idolized thing and then you realize how much background stuff goes into it but a lot of training obviously the soccer side of things but um you have to also do sit the SATs, uh, you have to get your visa sorted, you have to um, work out how you're going to live over there because you're not American, you're not a citizen, you can't technically have a job, um, yeah. you can work with college and stuff. So, yeah, a lot of work goes into it, all right.
1: And do they, do they bring you over and give you trials or how do they judge you? I mean, the SATs are obviously your intellectual test and that's how they get yeah. into college, but what about your soccer side?
0: Um, For me, um, because my coach was Irish, he had uh, friends in Ireland come and watch my matches. So uh, I found out after there was a few at like some Shamrock Rover games and stuff like that. Um, But I've heard other girls as well. You make a video, this is the more likely thing to happen. You make a a highlight reel and you send it off to the colleges. So that's very popular as well. But yeah, for me, it was he just trusted in his friends, I guess. So thanks to his friends.
1: (laughs) And it's a route that a lot of girls have taken. But I, I often wonder how hard is it when you arrive in. I mean, tell us where you. Tell us about where you went and what it was like. Were you the only Irish person on campus? How big is the college, and what's yeah. Tennessee like?
0: Well, my college, yeah, I was in Tennessee, so I was I was down south, um, where you really saw the country, like the countryside over in America. And um, when I first went over, I was the only Irish student my coach was Irish we were two only Irish people in the in the campus and um, there was a lot of international people on the team as well like uh, Finland, Wales, Iceland, Canada there was a few of us on the team but when I first went over them I think the the hardest part for me was the weather the temperature where I was it was it was hot like high 30s for pre-season so oh, wow I just I remember one match we were playing a preseason friendly and my coach I guess being Irish spotted the the paddy out there on the pitch and he said she's about to pass out and big red he head actually, <laughs> yeah I was trying to impress because it's my first season so I was like I'm gonna push through this I feel faint but I'm gonna push through it and he pulled me off and I got an ice pack put under my like armpits in the back of my neck and all like I was about to be like from heat exhaustion so that was honestly the hardest part for me was the the temperature but yeah you you jump straight into it I was over there a few days and I started pre-season so there's no real time to adjust you just have to jump in and just go for it
1: <laughs> and your games was it very much in your region or were you flying to matches and doing that sort of thing were you across this cross the country? country um,
0: yeah so for my conference I was in Conference Carolinas so being Tennessee though it, we were only I think we were the only Tennessee school in it because it, then you go north and south Carolina so we yeah. were playing in those um. so we kind of it was just the state beside us two states besides so our longest travel would be six hours on a bus and we oh. usually do like an overnight uh, stay for that and then if you made it past say if you made it past your region then um, then you would start getting flights but we never made it past that so just bus journeys yeah.
1: And the and the cultural side of it because you're down you're down in the deep south you're down in Tennessee um, it would be very different you're from um, you're from a place called Confi in Kildare so quite near Leixland on that border I was saying between Dublin Kildare and Mead. there's three counties there Meath yeah. Confi. what was it like culturally for you
0: um, yeah that was a shock as well um, down south they're very into their religion. Um, that was a bit of a difference for me because I wouldn't really be very religious here at home so going over it was very uh my college it was orientated around religion and I wasn't told it before I went over I think that was my coach's little uh secret that he kept from me um so that was the main thing um and yeah just the way like you know your typical slang like i Lived with a with an American um, my first year there on the campus like so you share a dorm room with one person and it was very like we had a lot of uh, we couldn't understand each other for the first few months <laughs> I bet. so it, you learned a lot like yeah you learned a lot of their ways and I also and a few other girls from the international side of things we also brought a lot of our culture over there so it yeah. was it was good yeah, yeah.
1: interesting for them it is what's known technically as the bible belt all right down there and how does yeah. that religious religiousness if you like is that how is that manifested even in the daily life or how do you see it or i mean i've been down there you know you just see a lot of churches and a lot of independent yeah. churches and that but does it actually you know crisscross your life in some way or was there anything that even does it come into football somewhere
0: um yeah, some, we went through some matches where one of the girls would want to say a prayer before we play. And if yeah. someone was injured, they say that. And um, actually in our college, you had to get 10, um, they called them chapel hours. So you had to actually go to chapel 10 times in a semester to pass your semester. Wow. like or you actually would fail it so people used to go in and sleep or like if you weren't religious you'd sleep or you'd put your headphones in or something but it was oh an goodness. actual credit yeah, in crazy. the college and yeah a church on every corner you'd see preachers everywhere like um it would come up but like you'd be at a college party and someone could talk about religion like I've never come across it here like yeah. isn't that interesting
1: and we think we're such a Catholic country Do you know I mean? know
0: no it's it's nothing compared to it <laughs>
1: So you didn't have your mommy asking you who was saying the prayers, who was saying the sermon at mass had a teammate. That's, yeah, yeah, so that's I've wondered about it because I know people who've gone down south to college as well and said they they have noticed the difference as well that it is a very religious yeah. area. But you can yeah. you can survive there without being religious as long as you pass your
0: You can, as long as you can just sit there and nod a bit, like just yeah, <laughs> say you're listening. Yeah. Like yeah. my roommate, she had a she had a quote like a bible quote on the wall and the bible under a bed like stuff like that but yeah. we were the best of friends like it doesn't yeah, get in the yeah. way of things really like of it's just course. people's opinions so
1: yeah exactly it is people's opinions it's interesting yeah I week that john john hume has died absolutely we're talking about religion there's room for everybody in the world as long as you don't interfere with yeah. each other um <laughs> so you 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 were there
0: for four years and what did you study i studied exercise science um kind of like I've done a physical education course without the education. So I never Gosh. wanted to teach. I wanted to right. like, work in a gym. So
1: Okay. And did you come back straight away then? Or what happened?
0: No, um, I stayed for a year. So the summer after I graduated, I played in Knoxville with the Knoxville Lady Force and in the WPSL. So that lasted a few months. And then I actually went back to where I went to college, Bristol, Tennessee. And I worked in a gym there just as a personal trainer.
1: Right, and what level is that? What league did you call it again?
0: WPSL, so it's kind of be like the semi-pro level over there, kind of. Right. Yeah. Okay, and how big is that
1: even? Because we know women's football, we know the the American women's system is obviously huge. It's huge. Collegiate yeah. football is huge. Professional game obviously is very well established. And Denise O'Sullivan is over there playing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's that that semi-pro level like, and how professional is it?
0: yeah um we trained about four or five times a week and that's you you were brought on well we never the summer I was there we never made on to the flight side of things but you would be flying around pretty often and you play in your region so I was in Tennessee still um and yeah you're given all the gear you're put up and um, most of the girls are put up but I actually made it i went to the team pretty late so i luckily had a teammate that lived down the road but they help right. you with a job and you can coach at camps and right. stuff like that so it's taken so, very seriously it sounds as
1: if it'd be nearly more professional than the women's national league in ireland
0: oh yes definitely yeah yeah, yeah. you'd get so a lot it, more benefits from it or yeah, yeah you'd see more coming from it yeah
1: yeah you're much more amateur here and what were the crowd sizes like
0: um yeah they they'd be pretty big um stadiums most times like I played in a big like a bowl almost thing and like there would have been a lot of people like you wouldn't fill it let's say but there'd be a lot of people at it so yeah you'd notice a difference in the crowd compared to here as well so you came home what brought you home then uh mainly my visa ending Ah, (laughs) but ah. um I think I don't know I think I ran its course where I was at least anyways so I kind of thought I'd go home and see what, what's going on back there kind of thing. And was that, uh, you came home last year? Um, no, I came home that. in 2018. 18,
1: right. And yeah. I expected to have seen you in the Women's National League,
0: but you weren't there. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did um, originally go to DLR Waves for a little while, a couple of months, Um but then I was playing uh, club Gaelic as well, and I felt I was feeling good there. And one of the girls was going to county trials, and I just said I'd go with her. I honestly just went for a bit of fun. I just I've never been at a senior level county trial, and I just said, why not? Like I'm free that Saturday, let's go. So I went and ended up actually making it onto the Kildare panel. So I I'd always pick soccer. I, it was never a doubt in my mind growing up, soccer over Ga every time, and just making that panel I said you know I'll just give it I'll give it a go for a year and just see what I can get from it so that's when I put soccer aside and yeah just played you played, played you Gaelic Gaelic with, Gaelic.
1: Kildare, with Kildare ladies last year that's right yeah, yeah that's why I noticed your name when I saw it and I said yeah she's captaining at loan but she played for, for Kildare last year yeah so um so did you fall back had you how much GA had you played when you were younger how much Gaelic?
0: Um. Yeah, I played a good bit. Like I tried to balance both. Like I started soccer when I was about four, and then Gaelic when I was like five, six. So it just followed around after. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you'd obviously concentrated on soccer. You went back yeah. to Gaelic. You enjoyed it. Um. Mm-hmm. But now you've made the decision after playing a year with Kildare that you're going to go back full time to soccer again. So yeah. So. I,
0: it mainly came from. Um. I started a job in the FAI there last September. So I actually went back to Kildare, um, last I think we went, would have went back in November, um, December kind of time, and I think working in the FAI, I was around football obviously every day, and yeah, I was seeing it everywhere, pictures everywhere, people coming in, and it just really sparked it in my head, like what am I doing kind of thing. So, um, I took a I took a step back from the Kildare panel and. That got in contact with alone. Then, because I thought it was too late. It was only around February, uh, March time. we yeah. around no January, February time. And I thought, am I too late for teams in the national league? So I actually contacted alone and asked them myself if I was too late or can I come up and have a look and they have a look at me. And it just went from there. Yeah.
1: Well. Well. Then not only were they glad to get you, they've made you captain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's
1: pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So back in football um tell people what what was the original plan with the women's national league and why is it only starting now cuz you're going to have a different format uh for the season. Oh
0: yeah. Um, yeah so we were meant to start there in March and have your full your full league and two games against every team home and away and so forth and uh obviously with the corona coming in then we've been put on a pause and it's uh commencing then recommencing tomorrow. But we actually have a bye, so we're we're the team who has to wait an extra week. But um, yeah, we're playing every team once, and then I'm not sure they haven't really released it if they're going to split it into a top four and a bottom five, or a top five and a bottom four. But
1: yeah, you're getting at least yeah, you're going to get games. You're gonna you're gonna play some kind of cross conference games as well. But it is not yeah. So
0: I don't think we're fully sure of the exact schedule, the way it will go. But we know our first. We know our first eight matches anyways.
1: And you, you were meant to go back earlier and then you obviously, like everybody else, you got shut down. Did you, did you yeah. fear? We looked across the water, all of us, and, and so even uh, the Women's Premier League in England was cancelled. Um, did you fear yeah. that you might not get back at all?
0: Yeah, of course. We were originally given a June date for um, the league and everyone was kind of aiming towards that and then obviously pushed back from that and... Uh, staying in contact with all the girls shoot the whole thing we all had a little doubt in our mind like would we even get a league so um anything is is unreal for us to get so um to get something in the end is the main thing like when did you get back training Um we went back oh I can't I, I think about three weeks ago now August, four August weeks August ago July yeah would have been only about yeah three weeks. yeah
1: well, exactly, yeah. I
0: think we were one of the last teams to go back. We went back when the contacts started to come back. So um, some teams done socially distance training, but we actually waited till the full contact was back. Right,
1: and there's been a worry uh, people going back into team sports across GA and soccer, and we even saw it, I suppose, even in the men's game across the water, where people are getting injured a lot. And they're saying, you know, do do people have enough of a base? How do you think? You know, how do you think that's going to go? And have you noticed many people getting injured? You obviously haven't had a match yet, but you've been training
0: yeah um i think we kept up with um a lot of team workouts and zoom calls and you know your personal kind of runs and um i think we kept up pretty well as a team we were staying in contact through the whole lockdown so um i I, overall i feel like we're we aren't at much of a like deficit from the from the lockdown i feel like we're all kind of feeling fit and ready to go um Good. So no, I hasn't seen it hasn't seen much of an effect yet. But when the league starts, there's more of a demand on the body. So hopefully it'll yeah. stand. Down exactly for us. when you're
1: going when you're going stretching for that ball and the hammers is, yeah. t- is teased out a lot more than it would be if you're in training. It's always the test, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's interesting because I said it's great to see. First of all, you women's national league is the first uh, national women's competition back in sport in Ireland, actually, which is brilliant. So your first back. Um, it's as you said, it's going to be slightly different format, and you also have the FAI Cup coming up. And interestingly enough, I noticed yourselves and Bose, the two the two rookie teams yeah. this year, you're, you're drawn in the in a in a preliminary yeah. round as well in uh, in the in the FA Cup towards the end of August. So you're going to be busy. Definitely going to be busy. Tell us about the team, um, like. It, where, where are players being, being taken from? Are there a lot of players from Athlone itself or do they come from around? Because you're obviously coming in from Kildare anymore.
0: Yeah. um, There's, the majority is actually from Athlone and they've come up from the underage um, set up there. There's a couple of girls who played with Kilkenny last year. Um, myself coming from Kildare. We have a few from a Kildare league. Um, Galway, a couple of players from Galway have come to us. um, And yeah, like it's it's, They've been around but the majority is coming from Atlone, which is good. It shows the underage set up there like
1: Yeah, Kilkenny lost out actually. They didn't get back into the league this year, they're really disappointed. Mm, yeah. Galway already has a national league team. How Im- yeah. how important is it, Paula, for for you know, for for Atlone to be successful and to kind of to give girls that that leap that goes we'll say from playing schools or, or regional with Leinster or something, to have a national league team to play for? How important is that?
0: Yeah, it's very important because it gives them, um, like when you're at underage at loan, it gives you something to aim for. And it's not just, they might have to look where to go after, yeah. like playing under 17, you might be thinking at loan, if there's no senior team, who can I go to after this? kind of So they can stay where they've been playing at for years. And at loan as well as a club can build their underage teams now and kind of just hope that they can just filter them into the senior team. So I think it's very good for the club, yeah.
1: Yeah, they had an under, They had a team in the first um, FEI Under-17 Girls League. And I think obviously some of those have stayed on. And that's crucial as well because we always say that if you don't have those underage leagues, same in rugby, it's very hard to develop players as well. And do you see, you're, you're coming, as I said, you're one of the 17 players who was there the, 10 years ago when this league started. Do you see different skill levels even in the younger kids that you're playing with?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um it's it's come on leaps and bounds from when I started. It was it's taken more serious now. because um, I think we're starting to see the like it could always do a bit more advertising here in Ireland, like, you know, getting out there, getting the crowd there and stuff. But oh, uh, it's like I used to play in the stadium with rovers and there'd be maybe a couple of mama dads and stuff. So you've seen like the I think people are actually noticing the talent that is coming through nowadays and yeah, playing against them there, you don't view them as young people anymore. Like you're not yeah. saying, "Oh, I'm up against one of the 17-year-olds." That's fine. Like yeah. you know, they're they're ready and they're as fit and as strong as anyone. That's one of us experienced players. I believe you have a.
1: Do you have a few underage Irish internationals in your team?
0: Yeah, we have a couple. Or I think there's four of them. Yeah, um, on the under 19. So, um, it's Caitlin Kyo, Kaylee Shine, Kayla Brady, and Fiona Owens.
1: I was saying you should call them the K team not the A team you have got all these Ks cuz everybody's tipping <laughs> them to be ones to watch this year the K at K team Um yeah, yeah I've heard them their underage talent is really promising and they I said they're making yeah. great in Ireland already so that's really positive for the club as well um is yeah. there what is it what's the most challenging thing um playing women's national league in Ireland and as say compared to we'll say even what you had in America like I was talking to your manager, Tommy Hewitt, he's a postman, but that's what he does, that's his job. You work at the reception of the FAI. What are the most challenging things for you trying to maintain that life and train?
0: Um of course it's trying to work around like I go straight from work to training and it's just knowing that it's it knowing that it's a huge commitment like I have to leave straight from work because it's in Dublin and I go straight down and then I don't go home till all hours that night and then it's back up for work the next morning and um it's it's challenging to find the the balance and just you have to be really committed to play in the National League because you are you have to have your you have to have your life and your work life so you can make a living and then you also want to be playing football so there's a yeah, there's and
1: I noticed. Um, I noticed it, we we've talked before about it as well. A lot of ta- a lot of times, women's national league players are having to do a lot of fundraising themselves and everything. Loan was on a big a fundraising cake during the summer. What was the connection yeah. with? Was it was it not was it was it one of the international stadiums or something? You had a great angle to it.
0: Yeah, um, it was to San Siro. It was from <laughs> the Atlanta San Siro, and uh, yeah, everyone racked up to kilometers. I think it was over a week or something. Um, and we raised a lot of money actually with that. That was to get some dressing rooms done, and we raised more. So I think we're getting nets behind the goals and stuff like that. So yeah, we have to we have to fundraise and we have to get sponsors and yeah. pay for your own gear and stuff like that. So it's, it's it is a big ask, yeah, to play in the an and you pay. Is the men's is the would the
1: men be the same the same in atlone?
0: No, and the men are also their division one, so they're um, they're below the top division in men's. But um, no, they. There, I think some of them might even get paid or something like. And right. of course, there's that difference. It's always going to stand out here in Ireland, the difference of that men get paid and the girls are we're paid. We paid for our gear this year. It's really? not like yeah.
1: So they own jerseys and everything.
0: Um, no, our jerseys got sponsored now, but still we had to get them sponsored. Um, but our our gear, like our training gear, yeah, we had to pay for the pack of gear at the start of the preseason. Right. Yeah.
1: Wow, yeah. yeah, so that's that's the reality. But look, you're backing it, obviously, because you love it. Um, yeah, your first it. game then, you're missing out the first round this weekend. And who is the opening game
0: against? Wexford, so we have them next Saturday. Away or home? Uh, we have them at home. Good, we'll start good. Off so our home we'll- game is good. Lovely historic
1: first women's game in athlone. that's brilliant. that's a really great thing, yeah, it's very important I think. um for people who don't know the league this year, as I said, it has three new teams, Bohemians and Athlone, treaty FC, who actually They have managed to reorganise. Limerick have just, uh, their men's have gone out of the National League. The club has, if you like, collapsed. And so they reformed the women's team down there to play this year. And they're Treaty FC. So there's technically three new teams in with two absolute uh, complete rookies to National League, which is great. And then we've got all the big ones. Um, Piemont are the reigning champions. I think they only beat Shelburne last year by two points. It was that close. Um, And they have really been setting the, the standards. DLR Waves, Cork City, Galway, and Westwood Youth. Uh, Wexford Youth have lost Rihanna Jarrett of course was the top top scorer last season and um, but it's amazing to see like there's even two of the all-time top scorers Anyo Gorman and Stephanie Roach is back with P-Mount so there's some really brilliant players around and there's going to be some brilliant young players to watch as well I'd say Paula
0: Yeah definitely I mean I um... mean I think the young the young players especially on our team no one playing with them all the time um they're going to surprise a few people in the league like like you said the names you can list off the experienced and the people who have been there for years but I think it's the unknown girls this year that might show up and uh, show out in the league yeah so I'm, hope, I'm hoping so anyways with our team <laughs>
1: and I noticed as well um, I was looking through the teams nearly almost every team has a female somewhere in the background team Adele Menton is a coach on your background team I've noticed most teams they don't have uh, head coaches female head coaches yet but I do mm-hmm. notice that a lot of them have female coaches which is a good sign as well I think that's probably starting to change as well
0: yeah it's important um just obviously all of us being girls like it's just important especially for young girls um more to just have that connection and have a have a female on the coaching panel yeah it's always good to have and as a co as a captain what is what is, what is your biggest role
1: what 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 difference does it make being captain
0: um i think i i i'm there to mainly or the role that I like to take up is for the girls to feel that they can come to me for problems, good things, bad things, sad things. Um, And I feel like that's, that's maybe why I was given that role on this team because I came in a bit late and I just kind of, maybe with my experience, I just chatted to everyone, hopped around the whole team, didn't care if I knew them or not, what age they were, (laughs) if they did play or did like, I just, I wanted to connect with everyone because they were going to be my teammates. So, um, yeah it's just having that connection for them and if they if they have any problems or just want to chat to me I think that's that's my main role on the team yeah.
1: Yeah that's interesting that you should say that because I think sometimes if you've played in collegiate sport in America you come back with that sort of a family attitude to your team don't you? Yeah. You've come yeah, and lived with the girls, you know them very well and so you can bring that back sometimes into your team
0: Yeah and obviously if you move away for college too you have to come out of your shell so you can't go over there and not make friends or not make that yeah. everyone so it definitely it takes you out of your shell and it definitely done that for me so coming back that's what i i wanted to bring to a team is that kind of like camaraderie like the the family aspect that they put into us in in america they instilled that in us so just want to bring that back to a team yeah Brilliant. Um, it's
1: uh, it's going to be an interesting year, and we should stress, Polly. You're only 26. We're talking about you as I, if you're a veteran. <laughs> you as if it. you're a veteran. So I'm presuming you're hoping to have a long um a women's national league career now again that you're kind of restarting it.
0: Yeah, hopefully that's saying restarting it now. So um, try and get a good few years out of my legs. <laughs> like, we I'm not old um age wise, but um. Yeah, just seeing the young people coming up and all, I just want to stay stay on top of my game and make sure I'm keeping up with all them as well. So hopefully I have a a long long bit to go in (laughs) league.
1: great we'll look at we're just letting people know as I said we wanted to talk to you because Athlone Town and Bose are making history by joining the Women's National League this year which is great there is more as you said there's more publicity about it there are games you can go to um I'm going to the Piedmont game tomorrow night myself um, and I've had to apply for a ticket it's really interesting so because of the lockdown just letting people know if you want to go to to, to games check the FEI Women's National League website but you will you will probably because numbers are restricted at the moment have to but isn't that great? Isn't it great to think that games are sell
0: Yeah, no, it's so good and um, we have tickets for our game as well Um, you can apply for a ticket or buy a ticket online uh, for our first home game as well so we we hope to obviously have that as a as a sellout, a COVID sellout, let's say. Yeah, exactly, all right. We're well, looking Paul, it's lovely to talk to you.
1: Best of luck with uh, the start of the National League. Best to look to everybody taking part in the FAI Women's National League this season. Um, it's gonna be really busy, I think two months coming up, but um, there's no other live women's team sport back yet. So if people are looking for something to do at weekends and they're not restricted in their travel, uh, we really recommend it, that they get out there and enjoy your matches. To all our regular listeners, thanks for listening. And um, if you want to find out anything about or listen to any of our previous episodes, just go into the podcast link in Off The Ball and you'll find Off The Bench in there and uh, you can catch up with us. Best of luck, Paula. We'll be following at on time. Thanks very much.
0: That was an Off The Ball Podcast Network presentation.